But essentially here, they're running specific exercises to one, help reduce your pain and two, help to get you like that, that base, um, that base so you can run. So it's the getting, I think I heard one of your other podcasters say this as it is getting fit to run, not running to get fit. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. You got to strength train in order to run, right? Yeah. 100%. No, I love that. And if you are constantly worried about getting injured or you don't know how to get faster as a runner and you want to continue to run for stress relief, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Healthy Runner, the only place that provides you with training tips, injury recovery, and prevention tools with actionable strategies by experts in the running industry so you can develop a stronger running body and feel confident that you can overcome any obstacle as a runner. I'm your host, Dr. Dwayne Scotty, avid runner, running physical therapist and coach, educator, founder of Spark Healthy Runner, where we help dedicated runners get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running with the perfect online running coach, even if you've been told to stop running with an injury or you think coaching is just for fast runners. Learn more about our signature coaching program at learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com. Every week, we help a runner just like you learn how to consistently get in your mental clearing miles and even hit PRs well into your 40s, 50s, and beyond. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcast or follow the show on Spotify so you don't miss the next episode. Thanks for joining me. Now on to the show. Most runners spend an enormous amount of time not running for one reason they keep getting injured. Now imagine if you could have the structure of exactly what exercises, how much to run, and what you should be eating to get faster as a runner. Spark off your winter running with a four-month strong body transformation. This is one-on-one individualized healthy runner coaching to grow a stronger, injury-free body so you can run for stress relief all winter long. What will you get by the end of the 16 weeks? A strong running body so you can actually feel confident, healthy, and running faster this spring, even if you don't think you're a fast runner. Oh, and did I mention, this will also take away your worry of getting injured. Spots are limited, so apply using the link in the show notes before they run away. All right, guys. So if you've ever struggled with high hamstring tendon pain, or what we call proximal hamstring tendinopathy. I have a special guest with me today. We have Steph, who is a real runner who has uh, overcome this condition. And I wanted to bring her on the show to share her story with you, because I think many of you out there are going to resonate with what Steph was kind of struggling with and really where she got to the point of being able to run double digit long runs again uh, without having to worry about that hamstring pain. So Steph, you've listened to many podcast episodes before. Welcome and thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I am excited to uh, for you to share your story with our Healthy Runner community. And this is one of those kind of stubborn injuries. And I know there are a lot of runners in our community who specifically have this condition because I was actually just compiling our research study that we did um, over the summer. In, and there's a lot of members in our community who filled out the research survey. And 
we actually have some interesting results because in our sample of our 512 runners that filled out our survey, the most common injury location was actually the hip. And I think specifically that is, is because we have many members in our community who have had this high hamstring tendon pain or proximal hamstring tendinopathy. And this is a little contrary to the literature on runners and the knee and the foot and ankle being the most commonly injured uh, location. So I think you sharing your story is going to be something that is going to be able to help out many who have this condition. Um, so I'm excited to have you on the show. And if you can just give us kind of a little idea of before we did meet, um, you know, what was your running looking like? How long have you been dealing with this um, left hamstring pain? Yeah, to go all the way back to the beginning, uh, I think the hamstring pain started about five, six years ago. So it's been a while. <laughs> and um, I had worked with a manual therapist in the area. I had actually undergone prolotherapy. Um, I was doing like I was PRing and like, uh, what was it? 10Ks and some 5Ks and things like that. But it just got to a point where I could barely sit down anymore. Um, it hurt to be in the car or anywhere. Like I always had to move around. Um, and I had, so I, I did the prolotherapy. That's where they like take a little bit of your blood out of your arm and inject it straight into that, into that tendon. And it worked temporarily. Um, but I had my first son and right after I had him, I got back into running and it came back immediately. I did prolotherapy again. It was a temporary relief. And then I was down to only running a couple of times a week and maybe a couple miles at a time, I wasn't able to get back to that, you know, half marathon distance that I really wanted to hit. It was just uh, too uncomfortable and too painful. So I honestly gave up a little bit and I was really frustrated and heartbroken because um, running has been so critical to, to my life and to my mental state. And I just, I love it so much. So I wanted to get back to it. So, um, couple, a handful of months ago, I had another, another son. And after that, I tried to get back into running on my own and the, the high hamstring pain came back immediately. So faster than even with my, with my first pregnancy. So I had figured I'd tried the, the manual therapy. I've tried the pro therapy. I've tried all this stuff on my own. Um, I've done all the research, nothing was working. So I literally just started Googling and I came across your guys' website. I think I binge listened to like 15 or 20 podcasts <laughs> and, and like read um, any, any material that you had. And I just loved how much material there was out there. And I just like, you know what, I'm going to reach out to this guy and see if, see if he can help. So that's, that's when we met. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad uh, good old Google worked and you did yeah. find us. And this is very common, as I mentioned, um, of an injury. And you definitely had it for, I would say, on the longer side of things, um, five to six years of really kind of struggling with this. Um, so a couple of questions about the prolotherapy. So for those of you um, out there who aren't familiar with prolotherapy, it is one of these type of regenerative kind of medicine or regenerative treatments to treat like 
tendon pain. Um, and, you know, we get questions about it all the time. And, you know, the literature out there isn't um, definitive yet. There's some promising initial studies. Um, however, there is no, you know, large scale studies um, looking at the efficacy. Um, and I know many insurance companies don't pay for this. I'm not sure if yours did or not. Did, nope. Yeah, yours didn't either. So <laughs> no. that's where we always kind of, because I get this question all the time in, in terms of like, you know, should I get it or shouldn't I get it? Um, if someone does get it, I think the best thing to do, because the whole goal is to actually stimulate that healing process. It's like kickstart the healing process of the tendon. So my question to you is when you did get it, you know, either one time or, or the second time you got it, did you wind up doing like specific hamstring tendon strengthening or loading exercises after it by any chance? Uh, we had started before the prolotherapy doing that and it did help initially with some of the the pain, but I probably did stick to it as much as I should have or, but okay. it wasn't, it wasn't that much of a focus. So a big difference between what I was doing then and now is now the heavy focus with, with your program is all the, the strengthening and then the loading of that, of that tendon. And even now, if I, for some reason, after a long run, feel a little bit of a twinge, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to go do some Nordic curls and then boom, it's gone. Um, yeah. So it's, it's made, that has made the biggest difference I feel like for me. Okay. Um, so that's, that's good context. And yeah, I, I do feel like if someone does have the means to kind of try it, like I always tell, you know, clients is, Hey, it, it's not going to hurt you. Certainly. Like if you have the means and you can get it done, um, you know, and you want to do it, then what you need to do is X, Y, and Z after, right? So it's not one of those things of like, hey, this is going to be like the magic pill or the magic injection that is going to like get rid of your pain and keep it away forever. Um, so just as an educational point for those out there who are considering um, prolotherapy or um, you could have a couple of different procedures nowadays um, that are done kind of in this realm. And there's more and more coming out, you know, science continues to evolve, medicine continues to evolve. Um, so, you know, that's, that's something to consider as well as, cause I know you alluded to the fact of like manual therapy and like, I am a big manual therapist, even though I don't see clients in person anymore. <laughs> I teach that content to our physical therapy students. And, you know, I, I do believe that it does open up that window of opportunity. Manual therapy can be very effective at decreasing pain. We know that, but it opens the window of opportunity so someone can actually do the specific exercises and loading exercises that they need for tendon injuries. Um, so whether it is hands-on manual therapy, whether it is instrument-assisted soft tissue massage or you know, most popular is the Graston technique, um, people might've heard of or dry needling, right? All of those kind of treatments that you can get done on your own body can be beneficial at reducing pain, but it's not going to actually treat the tendon and prevent it from coming back in the future. So I think you're kind of living proof there. Steph is like, that was kind of your experience. Um, and I remember when you had reached out because you were only 12 weeks, right? After your second son was born. And yep. yeah, I remember, you know, on our call, I was really making sure you were a good fit um, to make sure <laughs> that there, you know, were no issues postpartum wise. You had clearance from your 
OB that it was safe to kind of get back into running. And I remember we had a kind of conversation about that in terms of like pelvic floor strengthening and how, you know, was your strength in general? Were you having any symptoms, things like that? And you were kind of a good fit for us to be able to, you know, start working together and getting some guidance um, for this hamstring pain. So, you know, when we did start working together, what were some of the things that were like, you know, most beneficial for you or that you kind of noticed some changes kind of right away? Yeah, I would say for me, I wasn't sure even where to start. Um, I had gotten to a point where I didn't know how to even to start running. I was kind of doubting my own programs because I had, <laughs> I had hurt myself again. Um, so for the running program perspective, it was very gradual, um, kind of the just getting into it again and just start easy. And I think one of the first conversations we had, you're like, Steph, you need to go slow. Like you need to go very slow, take your time. Like, um, don't be in a rush, don't get hurt. And, um, I think I started doing those initial, I think it was like three minutes of running, two minutes of walking, something like that. It was like very, um, interval based, very, you know, one mile warm up of walking. Um, so that's, I was starting at the very beginning. Um, I think you and I immediately started talking about just kind of like that, that training methodology of when you do run, don't go too fast. There's no need, there's no benefit to going out and trying to run an eight minute mile. Just take it easy. So, yeah, no, um, that's definitely, and that's a, I would say a common, um, problem that I see in a lot of runners who are kind of coming back from a specific injury or pain is that you think about either doing what you used to do, right? Or even if it is to a lesser extent, sometimes depending upon the kind of what we call level of tissue irritability, right? And we kind of determine that by a number of factors, um, not just like how much pain you're in, but how long does the pain last? Like, does it hurt when you're running or is it only after you're running? So there's all those kind of variables that you know, we make these clinical decisions on, and sometimes it is better to start out with a walk run intervals, right. And having those in a progressive fashion. And that's kind of, I remember what we did do, uh, is kind of increase the amount of run time as opposed to the walking time. And you felt like that was helpful in the beginning where your pain levels really reduced fairly quickly. Right. Yeah. I think it's the, was it the first phase of your coaching is that, that rehab phase, right? So it was focusing on decreasing the pain that I had. And I think in those first four weeks, it had gone from a five or a six down to like a one or two kind of, you know, a pain scale from one to 10. Um, the other thing that I found obviously beneficial was the strength program. So, um, in that rehab phase it was really focused on obviously getting the, the pain levels down and then focusing on the areas of your body that are specific to runners. So it was, these are the very specific abductors you need to do, or um, I don't know if we started with Nordic curls or built up to that, but it was but essentially here, the running specific exercises to one, help reduce your pain and two, help to get you like that, that base, um, that base. So you can run. So it's the getting, I think I heard one of your other podcasters say this as, it is getting fit to run, not running to get fit. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. You got to strength train in order to run, right? Yeah. 100%. No, I love that. And 
Yeah, those initial exercises, like I remember we had done like the single leg bridges, right? With the slow lowering. Um, so some of this, for those that are kind of new to this topic or even, um, you know, tendon healing, a lot of these chronic tendon problems, what we need to do is we need to add stimulus and load to it. And one of the ways that we do that is what we call eccentric exercises or training. So this is a slow lowering phase, or some people might think of it as like a negative in the gym, if you ever did like negatives. Um, so like we had did that five second lowering for, and then the Nordics as well, um, during that kind of rehab or what I like to call like the restorative phase, right? So we were actually, quote unquote, rehabbing your hamstring tendon, but at the same time, you were building up in your running, um, which was pretty neat uh, to see. And I was very happy, like on our, you know, one month follow up call that your pain levels were reduced and you were able to kind of go into the next phase, which is where we kind of rebuild your body now to be more stronger and more resilient um, so you can start and that's when we started not doing the intervals and we had you just go out there for hey you're gonna do your first two miler you do your first yeah. three mile <laughs> run without walking how do you feel about that <laughs> i remember you were excited actually <laughs> it was excited but it it was tiring at the time <laughs> yeah but in like a good way but yeah it was i just remember going out for that first run and be like oh wow that actually felt that felt pretty good. Like it feels nice to be able to run without feeling all that pain. It was great. We all know one of the most frustrating parts about running is suffering an injury and bouncing back from that injury. We all know how important it is to get a proper diagnosis, properly load the tissue with specific strengthening exercises, incorporate mobility, and strengthen your surrounding run-specific muscles if you have listened to any of the running injury episodes on this podcast. An often neglected aspect of injury recovery and becoming a lifelong injury-free healthy runner is the nutritional component. For injuries to properly heal and allow your body to recover faster, you must supply your body with the nutrients it needs to accelerate muscle repair, and that is what the Amino Company's product Heal does better than any other product I have seen on the market as a physical therapist who works with a lot of runners struggling with recurring injuries. Heal is designed to reduce recovery times and improve physical function after injuries by accelerating muscle repair while helping maintain a healthy inflammatory response. In fact, a recent clinical trial compared Heal with high-quality whey protein. The net balance between whole-body protein synthesis and breakdown was measured, and the response was that heal was found to be at least three times larger than that of whey protein on a gram-for-gram gram basis. Heal was shown to both reduce muscle protein breakdown and increase muscle protein synthesis. So let's break down the results of this clinical trial in a way we can understand. Participants basically had less muscle breakdown and faster muscle repair using heal. If you're looking for a nutritional advantage while recovering from that stubborn IT band syndrome, Achilles, hamstring, or posterior tibial tendonitis, or even recovering from your daily training if you are healthy, I highly recommend you give Heal a try. I recommend it to all my athletes coming back from injury or those that are struggling to recover after hard workouts that I put on their running calendar. We even have a special offer for you where you can save 30% off by using the code HEALTHYRUNNER. 
just head to aminoco.com slash healthy runner. That's A-M-I-N-O-C-O dot com slash healthy runner and use the code healthy runner at checkout to save 30%. And I know you mentioned kind of the, the rehab specific exercises that were helpful and like the other strength exercises. Is there anything as part of our kind of 16 week, you know, coaching program that you found, um, also helpful for you? Yeah. Um, there, I'll say probably three, three main things is one from the the strength perspective, it was, you know, here are the different parts of your body that you should be working that are very runner specific. So it's not just doing, Hey, go out and do a bunch of squats or, um, things that might not necessarily, I mean, those might be helpful, but not necessarily extremely helpful or those different parts of your body. Um, but yeah, it was the, the runner specific exercises and, um, there was, was it, the, it includes jump training, it includes single leg training, all of that stuff. Or if I had a, a small issue here or there, I'd just text you and you'd be like, Hey, add this in. And then, you know, handful of days later, I felt better. So it was always really helpful to be able to quickly message you and you were able to kind of help on the fly. Um, so the, the strength piece, you know, again, being very runner specific, so, you know, Hey, what I'm doing is right. And this will help me. Um, and then there was obviously the run plan. So building up, um, from the, the intervals with run walk intervals up to, you know, kind of the smaller mileage. And then we started doing more long runs and over the 16 weeks, I think the last week I hit double digits. So it was my first pain-free 10 mile run in six years. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Like no. I, that, I got a little emotional at the end. It's like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. <laughs> I know. Um, I'm so yeah. happy for you, honestly. Um, you. And just because, you know, I could tell how motivated you were right? Like coming back from baby number two, right? And, you know, to get back into kind of, you know, running fitness and like just feeling right, like probably like yourself again, right? And just getting back uh, that part of your life. And yeah, I'm just so glad that you were able to get back there. And that's just amazing. Like first time in, um, you know, six years, which is really neat to see. And And the messaging aspect of it is something that I really truly love in, in what I do nowadays, because, you know, 10 years ago, if I was seeing a client, you know, who has hamstring, you know, tendon pain in the clinic, it'd be like, okay, I'm going to, you know, work with them when they're with me in the clinic, but I'm not able to actually have that communication of when something creeps up, right. And be able to provide that like real time feedback. Um, and I found that so helpful, especially like when you had some minor things kind of creep up and it was like, Oh no, let's adjust here. And okay, let's do this exercise or let's take this exercise out and be able to kind of like adjust on the fly, um, is really neat because I think it really helps prevent a lot of the injuries that happen that we as runners like just tend to ignore and we'll just wait till, you know, the stove gets so hot and it gets yeah. so painful that now it's caused us to finally like do something about it. And it unfortunately is usually like that instance that we actually stop running, um, which is just terrible, right? Cause it's the thing that we love to do. And it's the thing that, you know, we really enjoy doing, um, 
So yeah, no, I'm glad that that was helpful for you. Um, and you mentioned that you're doing, you know, double digit long runs now. Um, yeah. So what has that meant to your life? You know, what, like how have, has things changed for you now that you are able to kind of run consistently throughout the week? How many times are you running a week, by the way? So I'm running four times a week. Um, so I shifted things up since we started and I'm going to be doing my long runs on Fridays because it's just a little easier with the kiddos and things on the weekends. Um, but yeah, so it'll be four runs a week, three days a week of strength training. And then as part of that strength training is like the the mobility and stability pieces of it too, <laughs> which make a big difference for me. Um, yeah, I think that that's the plan right now. So, yeah. And I think the goal is to slowly build up that base run. I think the last we talked about is try to get in the high 20s, like total mileage per week before training season starts next spring because I've got a half marathon, um, I think it's June 17th. So Awesome. And I can't wait mm-hmm. for you to run that one. When was the last half marathon that you did? Um, I think the last, it was a, I did a virtual race. It would have been, I think in 2020, that was 10 miles. And I just kind of grit through it. And it was it hurt a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's why I earlier said it's the first pain-free 10 miles I've done in a long time. <laughs> I, I got through that one, but it wasn't, it wasn't pleasant. So, so. this would be the first in-person race, definitely yeah. pre-COVID. Like, yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, this is exciting. This is very, very exciting for you. And what do you feel like, you know, with us kind of finishing up this kind of 16 weeks of working together, you know, what do you feel like you have with you now to kind of move forward right in in your running journey yeah so i'll say one confidence is that hey if you do get injured that's not that's not the end of your running career right like there's ways you can work through it and rehab um and get better even if you've had chronic problems um another thing would be i think we talked about this a couple weeks ago is i feel like now that i have almost like a a tool set or a toolkit however you want to phrase it that when something comes up, I know, oh, hey, I need to do these, you know, hip abductions or, oh, hey, I need to work on my hamstrings more or um, I need to adjust my form in this way. Like, I feel like I have that base of knowledge. And then if for some reason I am, it's something completely new, I know I can reach out to you guys (laughs) to help me out. So yeah, no, that's, that's one of the important factors. And I really, um, you know, stress with, you know, my clients just like you is really empowering you, right? And educating you on the why we're doing what we're doing. Um, and I think that's so important versus, again, kind of going back to kind of, I'm very anti-sick care model, right? So <laughs> if you have an injury, you go in and you have someone, you know, rub on this area, whatever, make you feel better. But if they don't provide you the tools, so you can actually make it feel better yourself and you can get it better if something creeps up in the future, then how valuable is that to you, right? So, um, and you've been like a total student of the game. I love it. Um, and you're you're who we love working with, right? Someone that is motivated, they want to learn, they're going to implement, they're ready to take action. Um, and you just did all of that. Like you've checked all those boxes. This is a very stubborn injury. And 
you know, for someone like yourself who's had it for six years, like your results were tremendous because the longer someone has something like this, it is usually takes longer. And for you to have such a dramatic decrease in pain levels early on, so we were able to progress to that next phase. And the fact that we started adding in some faster elements of running and yeah. longer runs, and it didn't, you know, creep back in. I know that you did the work, right? Like you did the work. I was your guide. I didn't do the work actually for you. I've been doing my own hamstring work to prevent my PhD from coming back, but you're the one who put all the work in. So, you know, kudos to you for, you know, actually doing the work and, you know, showing up and executing the plan and following through and wanting to learn more. And, you know, I'm just so happy that you have this toolkit now that you're going to be able to take with you, you know, into your future running journey. Um, so that's awesome. Yeah. Another random thing is that I had some help too, is I have an amazing husband who built me a Nordic oh. curl piece of equipment for my home gym, um, out of like spare metal that he had. And so now it's super easy to do them at home. And then he also built me a, a box, like a jump box too. So I could progress my jump training as well. Oh my goodness. I know yeah. you are like so spoiled. Um, I am for those, 100% spoiled. <laughs> for those that don't know uh, what the Nordic curl is, um, I'm going to try to uh, verbally explain this exercise <laughs> to you. You put your feet under something really sturdy. So if you go to a gym, you put it under like, um, a metal bar of like one of the machines, a lot of times the cable column machines have like a good height off or now in my gym, I actually use the Smith machine. I bring the bar all the way down. I kind of use a pad to kneel on. I put some weights on the side of the bar and that holds my legs down. I have a lot of clients that do this like under a sofa, under a coffee table, under a dresser. Um, but Steph, has had the luxury of having a really handy husband. And she showed me the picture of her setup. I was like, this thing is awesome. It's uh, amazing. <laughs> <That's> amazing. <laughs> we should get it like patent or something. You guys could probably make a lot of money about like the Nordic hamstring like exercise equipment that people can right. install in their house. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was definitely helpful um, for you. And for those that are looking for kind of the exercises and or a little bit more guidance on, you know, this hamstring tenopathy, I have a whole ebook on this topic. So I will definitely drop that link in the show notes so you guys can, you know, get a little bit more guidance on this topic because I know it is not one of those common ones. Like this was my whole actually running epiphany story is when I myself went through this as my first running related injury after my hip arthroscopy for my labral tear. Um, and I realized even as a sports PT and was treating a lot of sports related injuries that I really didn't know how to treat PhD in runners. And it was a lot different than what I learned in PT school. So that was my whole kind of running epiphany story with running injuries and how you treat them and um, really changed my outlook on how I do care for runners. So I have a whole ebook on that and you guys can get that information. Um, is there anything else that um, you think would be helpful to share um, with anyone or any last kind of recommendations that you have if someone is struggling you know, with this pain or even if they are maybe on the fence about, you know, working with our team as part of our mm -hmm. kind of healthy runner coaching program? Yeah. Um, I'll just say when, before we started meeting, um, and before we did kind of the first like interview, uh, 
I had gone to a very, a point where I was like, oh, I can't run anymore. This is, I'm just going to have to give up. And it meant so much to me to be able to run um, from very kind of emotional and mental uh, point of view. It's always been important to me. It's kind of my reset button, right? To deal with, you know, stressors, things like that. Plus it just feels good. Um, so I had, I had hit a point where I just don't think I can run anymore. And then that's when I happened to find you guys and and even doing a lot of research on my own, being like you said, kind of that academic, you know, person. I've always been that person. Um, I I just didn't feel like I could do it on my own. And so reaching out to you guys, making that investment. Um, I remember talking to my husband about it. It's like, hey, are, are you okay with this? Should we do this? He's like, you need to make the investment in yourself. Um, people talk a lot about self-care now. This is one of those things in my mind. If you if you love running, make the investment. It's 100% worth it. Put in the work. If you're going to do it, go in 100%. Don't half it. Just do it. <laughs> prioritize it. I always talk about people I know who don't prioritize working out and they wish they were healthier. Got to prioritize it. Um, yes. You can do it. It's sometimes hard. It's sometimes difficult. 4 a.m. wake ups on traveling days, but just do it. Um, so anyways, I would say 100% worth every minute, every penny I've got running back in my life. I've got um, just overall physical health. I feel a lot better. I feel stronger. I feel smoother when I run, you know, you do the, the running form corrections. It's, it's just hands down, probably one of the smartest decisions I've made in myself. Uh, I'm just so <laughs> happy like that. Just that's exactly like why I do what I do. So thank you for sharing that. And um, again, I commend you because yeah, you take action, right? You're an action taker. And I could tell you're like that as I'm sure as a working mom, right? So uh, in your job, you take action as a mom, I'm sure you take action as a wife, right? And running <laughs> yeah. is that thing that probably helps you, right? Have some of that uh, clear head and focus that you need. And I'm just so glad that our paths crossed. And I just, you know, I'm going to continue love seeing your improvements in your running journey as you continue. So thank you for taking the time out of your day to kind of share your story with our community. I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, anytime. And thank you for you and your your whole team for all your help. I literally would not be here without you guys. So I really appreciate it. All right, guys. So if you are struggling with PHT or high hamstring pain or stubborn running injury, um, take Steph's advice, like take charge, educate yourself, get the right help that you need and really, you know, put in the work to really get down to those root causes of the problem. Um, hopefully this story was helpful for whatever you are going through in your running journey. And again, I'll put the resources in the show notes um, regarding PHT. And if you want to see if you're a good fit to kind of work with myself um, to overcome this like Steph did, then you can also grab a, a slot in the uh, show notes to hop on a call with me and we'll see if you're a good fit. Um, as always, guys, let's maintain a strong mind, a strong body, and let's just keep on running until next time. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Healthy Runner podcast, where we help you get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running. If you found this content valuable, here's five ways we can help you grow as a runner for free. One, grab a free copy of my Spark Blueprint at learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com. Two, follow my Instagram page at sparkhealthyrunner. Three, 
join my free group by searching Healthy Runner on Facebook. Four, subscribe to my YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash spark healthy runner. Five, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more experts in the running field and bring those lessons back to you here. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcast or the follow button on Spotify so you don't miss the next episode of Healthy Runner so you can maintain a strong mind, a strong body, and just keep running. Lastly, if you've been struggling with the constant injury cycle, not eating the right foods for running, or not getting faster as a runner, and you are ready to invest in becoming a lifelong injury-free runner, head to sparkhealthyrunner.com to apply for a one-on-one signature coaching program. Thank you again. I mean it from the bottom of my heart that I appreciate you for listening and sharing this podcast with a running friend who can use the help. Now go and crush your run today. See you next week.